Welcome to the Dwell Church Sermon Archive. Dwell is a family defined by the love of God and committed to giving it away. Here is this week's message. Happy Easter. Glad you guys could make it out today. You're all looking fresh and nice and vaguely pastel-y, which is good, I think, right? Uh, I like to do it up big on Easter. Uh, you might notice that from this uh, audacious green suit that I am wearing. I like to go hard for Easter. Uh, for those of you guys who are visiting and never been here before, uh, I think you probably recognize me about as well as the rest of the church does. I used to have like uh, probably six inches, maybe nine inches more hair than I did right now and wearing a suit. And I really can't tell. This might just be an Easter thing or this might just be the new me. We might be here like suit church uh, you know, short hair, looking like an adult, who knows. But it's because I love Easter so much, uh, I do it big, right? Chocolate for breakfast, I do ham, I do all the Easter activities, I do Easter eggs, the whole nine yards. Here at Dwell Church, you can see this, we like to do it up big, right? Uh, afterwards, we're going to have a food truck outside, which is amazing, tacos, uh, a donut wall, which if you don't know what that is, just sort of wait, all right? Something good is going to come your way, and I'm excited for you today. Uh, we're going to have a bouncy house, which I'm told is not just for children. So go, go nuts, whatever you want to do. Uh, don't kill a child, but I'm just saying they didn't tell us that we couldn't put adults in there. So I say give it a shot. Uh, it's going to be an amazing day. It already has been an amazing day. I hope that you are having an amazing day. I believe really in Easter. I have this weird hot take opinion uh, that I could probably back up, you know, theologically if I needed to, that Easter should be a bigger and better day than our Christmas is. And I think we have it kind of like backwards, right? Like, so I'm saying that today to you to say, hey, you should live it up today. Uh, do it up big. Because of that, we have kids here in the gathering. Are there any kids here? One is raising their hand, and it's mine. Okay, I see one tiny hand way back there. Okay, so uh, we have kids in the gathering on Easter. Normally, uh, kids are in Dwell Kids, and they love it. They generally, you know, they're like, yeah, we want to be with our friends. We want to be going nuts and throwing footballs in the middle of this thing, not sitting here listening to you. Uh, we also believe, uh, just as a little plug, that really, like, Dwell Kids is an awesome place for kids to learn about Jesus in, like, an age-appropriate kind of way. But today, for Easter, we bring all the kids in here, and that might be a special and memorable moment for you as a parent, or depending on the age and life stage of your child, this might be a terrible experience, and that's okay. Uh, there is no judgment for any kids or parents in, over this next, uh, you know, 20 minutes, okay? But kids, kids, I need your eyes right here. I have something very important to tell you. Kids, do I see all the kids? This is going to work out really good for you later, so you want to look at me, okay? Kids, right now, I want you to turn to the adult that you're here with, okay? The person that drove you here this morning or maybe a stranger adult, that's up to you, uh, turn to them, and I want you to ask them pennies or dollars. Now, if you have multiple kids, you're going to want to give multiple answers to this question. Pennies or dollars, okay? Now, kids, I want you to remember what your parent or adult or whoever you're here with says, okay? So, uh, pennies or dollars. All right, so here's the deal. I'm going to say a certain word today, and I'm going to say that certain word a lot today. And every time you hear that word, I want you to count it. Okay, kids? You're going to be counting this word. And however many times that I say this word, that's how many pennies or dollars you get. Okay? Depending on what your parent just said. Oh, shocking. And for some of you guys that went with the pennies, smart parents. Good for you guys. I am very sorry. Clearly, this was invented by somebody that only has one child. For those of you multiple kid households, uh, I can write you a check later or something. I don't know. I don't want to put you out. Okay? All right. So, kids, remember, you're going to be listening up for a certain word. Are you ready for the word? It's actually two words. You ready for this? 
Easter eggs. Easter eggs. Not just Easter. Not just eggs. Easter eggs. And the counting begins now. Okay? So every time that I say that word or phrase, we're starting at zero right now, you're going to count one, and however many you get to, whether that is 45 or 1,000, that's how many pennies or dollars that you're going to get from your parents, okay, after the, the gathering. All right, give them a little bit of a week. Nobody carries cash anymore, so give them a couple of days, okay? Uh, at the end of the gathering, Ashley is going to announce how many times I said it, so before then, parents and kids, you guys check and make sure you have the right answer, okay, to make sure that they're right, because they got to get the number right if they want the money, okay? Uh, and Anna's going to be taking an official count. Okay, kids, all clear? All right, here's a freebie. So today we're going to be talking about Easter eggs. Oh, that was one. Okay, cool, cool. Saw a lot of fingers going up. I hope we don't go over 10. Today, we are going to be talking about them. I'll try not to say them too many times, parents. So, uh, I actually can remember this one year when we were like going super hard for Easter when I was a kid. We went over to my mama and papa's house because uh, I'm from the South. So, you have a mama and a papa. Those are grandparents for those of you guys not from the South. Went over to mama and papa's house for an Easter egg hunt. Now, we were getting a little bit old at this time, right? We're starting to get tired of the whole Easter egg thing. Like, no, we're too big for this, Mom and Dad. We don't want to hunt eggs anymore. There's probably some parents, you know, or some kids out there in the room right now that are kind of like, ah, I think I might be over this whole thing. That's where we were. But my mama was a smart and crafty lady, okay? Uh, she knew that this was happening, but we had younger cousins, so we had to make it good for them, right? So what she did is she went out, or at least she told us this, she said, I have hidden $20 inside of one of these Easter eggs. $20. That was a big deal for us back in the day, all right? I know with inflation, that's like 10 cents now. But back in the day, that was like a big deal. Like as kids, we were like, all right, now it is game on. And now we have all of our like preteen cousins, and it turns into like a rugby scrum out there, right? We're just like going nuts. I actually bartered with my baby brother because he didn't quite understand the value of $20. It's like, you can have three packs of Smarties for this golden egg that you have. But my mama was too crafty for that. She didn't put it in the golden egg, of course. Uh, no one even ever found the $20. That was like the best part of it. We looked and looked and looked. We think somebody hunted, I'll get too well. Maybe one of my uncles that was like hiding the eggs, you know, he like just pocketed the money and was like, oh, I don't know where it went, right? But it was still one of the most amazing Easter's that I can possibly remember. And in my mind, it is like one of the pictures of joy in my mind. Like Easter, just having that sort of memory and going back and thinking about all the sort of frilliness, all of the silliness. We're doing like, you know, pastels and dressing up nice and just being kind of silly. It's just a joy-filled experience. Now, that might not be your experience necessarily. I hope it is today at the very least. It might not be the way that you remember it. But I say all of that to say that today what I want to talk about is life and existence, and all of it, and all of that wrapped up together. And I want to ask the question, whether or not there are Easter eggs in life? Like, are there really these good and joyous things that sneak through in life? Now, I know you have every reason to be skeptical about life being, like, kind of good, right? Like, there's every reason to be, like, hesitant, to be like, I don't know if life's, like, really, really a good thing. Sometimes life is really, really dark. It's easy to believe that nothing is going right, that there's no meaning, and that life is not really all that worth engaging, that we're all just in this weird, like, death spiral on a blue marble spinning out through space, right? This is a happy Easter message, right? That's not a book knowledge depiction, right? Like, these are actual sort of, like, thoughts I have had, where you're, like, wondering, is life really just all about, like, laundry and the DMV? Like, is that all that really life has to offer? 
Now, you can call it apathy, you can call it ennui, you can call it meh, I believe the kids are calling it. I looked that one up. Whatever it is, though, I think we all have it to some degree. And here's what's kind of strange and unique about living in the year 2023. We even kind of encourage it in each other, right? Like, it's kind of not cool to care too much. It's kind of not smart, safe to get excited about things. You're just going to be let down. I have this phrase, like, it is what it is, which is not only just a lazy sentence, but it's terrible that we, like, encourage it in each other. We're like, it is what it is. And we're like, oh, that's an accurate response. All right, sure, we'll take that, right? Like, we have this culture of just sort of like, man, let's be apathetic because nothing really means anything anyway. Man, and it's so easy to slip into that. It's so easy to believe that that is how the world really works. But it's not, is it? Like, I'm not trying to give you some sort of pie in the sky, some sort of hope-filled, you know, kind of silliness or anything like that. I'm talking, like, legitimately, is that how the world actually works? Life is often better than we take it to be. I mean, take it, or think about the fact that you are who you are, just statistically. So I'm going to try and paint some word pictures, but for some of you math people, I want to go statistics for a moment, okay? Statistically, think about how weird it is that you are who you are. In fact, there was a 1 in 400 quadrillion chance that you would exist as you. I don't know how they came up with that number, but, you know, it's a number, right? 1 in 400 quadrillion, right? Now imagine the fact that you and I are standing in this room, or we're we're sharing this room together right now. So you take those two numbers, and you multiply them together, and then you multiply that by the amount of people that are on the earth, and that's how likely it would be that you and I would ever inhabit the same space. That number comes out to roughly a bajillion, right? Just a lot. It's a big number. Now imagine... The statistical and likelihood, the impossibility rather, that a donut wall would even be a thing that exists. And when you're able to figure out that number and multiply it times the previous number, you get the number that it would be that you and I would stand in front of a donut wall this afternoon, right? It's crazy. It should never happen. And yet it does. And really the world is filled with lots and lots of really good things that do happen that shouldn't happen. Right, like if the world is just black and white, if it just is what it is, if it's just a world that, you know, good things maybe happen sometimes, bad happens, like we wouldn't have good things like Ted Lasso and Beyonce and the mere existence of a taco. Like the fact that a taco is a thing should be evidence for the goodness of God in our lives, right? Like it's crazy when you really think about it. I know if you're in a season where it's hard right now, it's hard to wrap your mind around this, but if you really took stock of your life, I think you would see that in spite of everything, this world skews towards goodness. Skew is like leaning, like a posture towards, it's directed towards, the world skews towards goodness. And these are the Easter eggs. Now, By that, I mean these little pieces of joy that you find in life. Now, if you're nerdy like me, then you know that the word Easter eggs has now been uh, referred to in, like, movies and video games. In fact, the first one that we have, like, record of happening in sort of popular culture is this little game called Adventure. It was, you know, like a little 16-bit. You were moving this one block towards this other block. And then you found this literal little egg, a little, you know, 16-bit egg, and it took you to this little space, and you, like, followed this little side quest, and then you found, like, the, uh, the creator name, like he had just wrote, written his own name into this video game. And that's kind of what I'm talking about here. You're just going along through life. You're just living your life. You're doing the thing, right? And then every once in a while, good things happen to you. Something shines through the darkness. Something breaks in. 
sort of that feeling that you get when you ever find, like, money on the street, right? Maybe you're too scared to touch it. I don't know. You ever had, like, a snow day? You ever been bumped to better seats on an airplane for no reason? Maybe to get a little more real. Have you ever had, like, a loved one get a terminal diagnosis only to have it overturned? Like, it's crazy that you probably have a connection with someone like that. The odds are against it. Have you ever been so close, close to a deathly accident and then walk away unscathed? You can call it whatever you want. You can call it miraculous. You can call it joyful. But I think you know what I'm talking about. And these type of events, these occurrences in our lives, these are the Easter eggs, bright and shiny bits hidden among our mundane and boring world. And it should cause us to ask the question, why? Like, why would that happen? Why would there be these little bits of good? Why should an Easter egg exist? I'm sorry, parents. I'm just going nuts on it right now. If the world is A plus B, if the world is black and white, if the world is what it is, then they should never, ever happen. I want to tell you a story today of when just such an event happened to two people. It happens right after Jesus died. Two guys were walking away from Jerusalem, and they were talking about his death. And Luke actually tells us the story in Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 15. It says, While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing them, him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. It's an interesting little note right there. They stood still looking sad. They were grieving the heaviness and difficulty of this world. The person that they had put their faith and trust in had just died. Probably had a moment where they thought like, yeah, this is how the world works, right? Like this is how life goes. You put your hope in something and then it goes away. It disappears. You trust something, no more. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that has happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who is a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women said, but him they did not see. Now, did you notice there that they kind of like uh, stopped short of saying that, hey, we believe this whole resurrection story? Like, did you notice there that like they said, well, some women claim they saw him, Uh, We know that we went to the tomb and there was no one there, so we don't really know. Does that not make them feel a lot like you and me? Like you get really excited about something and then just sort of like let down and it's almost easier to believe that you would be let down. Like it just, this makes a lot more sense, right? 
if you've ever wanted something to happen really bad, it makes a lot more sense that Jesus would be dead and he would stay dead. In fact, statistically, that's what happens to most people when they die, right? Like, I don't want to get into the whole, I know you guys are tired of the math already, but I'm telling you, like, most of the time, like, that's what occurs. So when that happened, they just assumed, like, man, we thought something really amazing was going to happen. They were sort of like that kid, you remember, on uh, The Incredibles, you know, he rides up on his tricycle. He's like, what are you waiting for? Something amazing, right? That's a deep cut for those of you guys who don't know, okay? Uh, That is what they were like. They're like disappointed, like life just is what it is. It just happened again. It just continued being life. Jesus said to them in verse 25, O foolish ones, O slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ, speaking of himself, should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And then what Jesus did is he told them the entire story. He told them all about himself. He told him all about how the Old Testament is pointing towards him. He told them all about how, like, if they really understood who Jesus was, they would be believing more than anything that he would be coming back from the grave. They would believe in the resurrection. And then this is how the story ends. We skip down to verse 30. It says, when he was at a table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. Now, isn't that kind of like a sneaky magician thing to do, right? Like, I love the showmanship of Jesus right now, right? You've got this whole thing. He's like building, 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 building. They're like, oh, man, we're sad, we're sad, and we're, we don't get it. This guy, we were following him. He died. Don't you understand? And Jesus was like, actually, if you knew about this guy, you would know this and this and this and this. And then, boom, reveals it to them, and poof, he's gone just like that. Now, if there are Easter eggs in this life, was that not the ultimate one? Like, was that not the greatest one that has ever existed in the history of humanity. Jesus reveals himself to them. Can you just imagine their joy? Like, put yourself in their shoes for just a moment. Jesus was a good man. So what I want you to do is picture, like, the best person that you've ever known. And now, like, multiply it times ten. Like, whoever that is. So, so imagine that guy. Now imagine that you got to hang out with that person for three years. You're walking around, you're hearing them teach you about life, you're seeing them do amazing and miraculous things, and what's even more is that this person is now perfect, completely perfect, never does anything wrong, never sins, uh, never does anything to harm anyone else, and what's even more is that he claims to be God's own son, and you believe him. And then he dies, or is killed, is probably a more appropriate way to put it, and then... After all that, after you've spent three days and more grieving over his death, he shows back up to you, comes back from the dead, and he retells you the whole story of everything that has ever existed and tells you how he is at the center and the climax of it, of how in the middle of this dark and gloomy world that seems chaotic and strange, that actually there is a good and loving God at the center of it who sent his own son to die for you. And then poof, he's gone. This is one of those things where even if you are like me and sometimes you feel like you have trouble believing that it's true, like you just have trouble wrapping your mind around it, isn't it something that you want to be true? Like for just a moment, put aside the sort of strangeness and odd, this oddness of this story. Like, don't you want to believe in a world where it is possible? For someone to be resurrected from the dead. And this little Easter egg, this little sort of, you know, kind of one-off strange occurrence where someone comes back from the dead three days after dying, I believe it was meant to point us towards something a whole lot more. 
It wasn't just meant to be this sort of like one-off occurrence. Jesus showing back up to these disciples would begin a pattern where he's showing back up to the disciples and telling them now they are going to take this word out into the world, that now they're going to tell this good news to everyone that they could possibly meet so that they might taste the resurrection themselves, so that death might not be the end, so that it might not be the final world word, so that our world might not be so dark and scary and gloomy, but instead our world would be looking towards a bright and shiny and pastel-colored, chocolate-filled future that God has for us. And that every time that a little bit of joy breaks into our life, every time that we stumble across one of these Easter eggs, it's just a small way of God reminding you of the beautiful future that he has for you if you're a follower of him. It is a small glimpse in a small way of heaven. Because it's true. Simply put, all of it is true. That for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And this is the greatest good and the best Easter egg that you can ever find. So, how do you find it? All it takes from you is a simple admission that you can't do it on your own. Recognition that you've done wrong, that you've brought bad and evil into this world, that you've sinned. And then asking for the forgiveness of Jesus. Asking that he would exchange his perfect life for your imperfect life. Asking that he would exchange the death that you deserve for his eternal life. Asking that you could enjoy this resurrection that he is offering to you with him forever. And in so doing, a little piece of magic happens. Something supernatural happens inside of you. He exchanges his life for yours You give your life to him. You can actually do that right here, right now, in this moment today. It doesn't require any sort of special words. In fact, if you think that you're bringing anything to the table, then you probably don't understand the degree to which this is a gift given to you freely. Jesus wants to offer this to you. So what we're going to do now is transition into a time of response. And we're going to respond in three ways. You can do any of them, all three, one out of three, whatever it is that you want to do. The first thing that I'm going to invite you to do is just sort of sit there and take a moment and process. Thank Jesus for his good and perfect gift. Thank him for the resurrection that we celebrate today. Thank him for taking away your sins. Maybe if you've never had an opportunity to pray before, or maybe it's never really worked out when you've tried it before, this is an opportunity for you to say, Jesus, I want this free gift of salvation. I want this rescue, this redemption, this resurrection that you are offering to me. And you can do that right now, right here where you are. If you want to pray that with someone or you have any questions and you want to talk to someone, there's going to be people standing right over here under the green exit sign that would love nothing more than to pray with you right now. And so maybe you're facing something hard in your life and you just want some prayer. Uh, They would love to do that. Maybe you want to talk about what it means to follow Jesus and they would love to do that too. And then finally, if you are a follower of Jesus, we invite you to join us in taking communion. 
So if you are a person that has committed their lives to following Jesus, we have here uh, the juice, which symbolizes the blood of Christ, and the bread, which symbolizes the body that was broken for you. We take, we eat, and we do this in remembrance and celebration of the death that Jesus died for us. And today, particularly, we do it looking forward to the resurrection, not only uh, his resurrection, but the future resurrection of all who are following after him. Thanks for listening. We hope it brought you closer to Jesus and more in touch with the world around you. Being a Christian in today's culture can be hard. Fortunately, he gives us the gift of community through his church. So we would love to invite you to join us for one of our Sunday morning gatherings or for one of our weekly small groups. All the details you need can be found on our website, dwelldenver.org.